This is the Digital Corporate Communication Podcast. Hello, I'm Dr. Mark Badham. And I'm Professor Vilma Luomaho. Together we research corporate communication at Uvascular University School of Business and Economics. And we are co-editors of the Handbook of Digital Corporate Communication, or DCC. In this podcast series, we interview some of the best corporate communication scholars across the globe. Each one has written a chapter for the handbook. We ask, what is technology changing or not changing in corporate communication? And how are we dealing with the influence of technology? Today we are talking about digital corporate communication and visual communication. We're talking with Chiara Valentini, Professor of Corporate Communication at Uvascular University of School of Business and Economics in Finland. And her research is actually quite multidisciplinary, wide-ranging, but she's particularly interested in digital media and how this affects stakeholders' trust in organizations. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So, Kiara, it seems that visual communication is everywhere, you know, online and offline, uh, which is, of course, why we're trying to understand and take better uh, advantage of it. But what exactly is visual communication? How do you define what is visual communication? Thank you for the question. Um, semantically speaking, when we speak about visual communication, uh, we speak about type of communication that is conveyed via visual elements and is also perceived through our visual sense, like our vision. So we are talking about uh, pictures, images, drawing, but also artifacts. And these images can be static, but it can also be moving. And the so-called moving pictures essentially is videos and films. And this kind of uh, um, area could be also included in visual communication. Um, but the moving pictures uh, include additional elements like the audio part, the sounds, which is very important in, in today corporate communication, but it's a little bit different, I would say, from uh, um, traditional visual communication. Mm. Now, sticking to your questions, you know, what uh, uh, and focusing on the visual communication, I think today um, anything around us can be considered a form of visual communication. And if you speak to people working in design, fashion, art industry, they will say that what they do, what do they create, are all forms of communication. They, what they create have something to say uh, besides fulfilling some specific function. Um, for instance, you know, if they are a designer of chairs or furniture tables, that's just not an object for, in their from point of view. And I would say, you know, if from a consumer perspective, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I don't just buy an object because I need to fulfill the need of having a chair in my living room, but I search for specific brands for their values and what they want to communicate. Um, and I buy that as a way to express in a certain way um, certain ideas, certain meanings. Mm -hmm. So from, this, from that perspective, many objects actually could be included in the visual communication. Mm -hmm. Um, and 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 we we know that visual communication is a strong, powerful device for communicating because you don't need need to know the language. Uh, even children, you know, uh, understand clearly images and what they mean, or they can deduct some meaning from images. Uh, so it's a very strong uh, 
and common currency that uh, we can use when we want to communicate. Uh, it's very immediate communication, it's very emotional. It creates a lot of uh, awareness, it stands out. So that's what is visual communication. Mm -hmm. um, can I have, have a follow-up question with that, Chiara? And that is, um, that's very interesting that objects, whether it's fashion or other types of products, they are visually appealing and designed for that purpose. But uh, typically corporate communications is trying to convey a message. So the, that's an example of showing uh, uh, an organization's products or services and so on. When it comes to telling, um, I guess it's a little bit different in that they we're encouraging, I guess we should be encouraging corporate communications practitioners to think through how do they visually show or tell about something mm -hmm. that's going on in the organization mm -hmm. in strategic ways through the digital media. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's correct. But it can use objects for doing yes. that. So so I, I think that uh, uh, what I'm trying to say is that uh, in the digital spheres, there's different ways on messages or creating an organization purpose, whatever that will be for marketing or social purpose or whatever. Uh, and they can do that by choosing strategically the element that conveys those meaning. And that could be obviously something they create uh, from abstract, uh, but also by simply, you know, the thinking objects that they sell, they produce, and 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 also very importantly, how they do that, because that's also what is really much the focus on the visual communication. It's not only about having a specific object, a specific things in the image there, but is how it is represented that matter. So, Kira, what happens if visual uh, contradicts with what the organization is saying? So, <laughs> if these cues are different, like what is more valuable? What do people end up believing? The visual thing they see or the message that the company says that they're doing? Mm -hmm. This is good questions because uh, uh, that also is one of the normally common mistakes mm. uh, that the written test or the message or the or the spoken uh, communication might not resonate with the visual element. There is a dissonance between the visual and the written part. I think the visual is in the street ones mm -hmm. uh, in their senses so see even uh, with trapped the words they hear. Yeah, even with manipulation around. I mean there's so much manipulation of the visual content. Are we okay to believe what we see still? <laughs> Yes, and that's actually one of, uh, if you want to say, one of the um, problems we have today that uh, um, a lot of this uh, downside uh, elements related to visual communication um, are actually related to misinformation, disinformation, deep fakes. Mm -hmm. uh, so if we talk about these uh, videos, uh, alterations where, you know, you see maybe the uh, and then the voice has been alternated and something like that. And they're really um, becoming very sophisticated, very difficult to detect uh, if you are not an expert, if you don't know what to look at, you might be deceived. Mm -hmm. 
So digitalization has had a huge impact on the way organizations implement and manage visual communication. Tell us about some of the positive impacts or changes that digitalization has had on visual communication. So I can think about three main positive impacts that digitalization has produced. Mm -hmm. uh, first one is related with uh, content creation. Uh, digitalization has made content creation much easier process and much more a mass mm -hmm. process because you don't need to be a professional to create your own visual content. Many times you just need a smartphones, maybe some uh, downloading some apps apps uh, uh, you know images and creating uh, so this is a, a positive thing in my view because it has uh, offered new opportunity to regular individual to express in a different manner on ideas perception emotions mm -hmm. so not necessarily to write you can now communicate in other manners so through visual content the second positive impact is related to the global reach uh, the increasing sharing and spreading of content, the opportunity that creates uh, even to uh, people who have less opportunity to experience uh, some situation. Um, so uh, in the past, if you wanted to go and see for uh, uh, masterpieces, let's say an example, I don't know, Botticelli, the birth of Venus in the Fitzy Museum in, in Firenze in Italy, you will need to travel, take a plane, uh, maybe book a hotel if you were not from Italy. Mm. And, and, and in order to see that painting, now you can experience that uh, uh, visual tour, digital tour of the museum uh, completely online. So it has increased opportunity also for those who maybe don't have uh, uh, the financial means to see uh, visually things that they can't uh, see otherwise. And the third impact is related with the, um, the emergence of new kind of form of culture that are expressed through these images, forms of expressions and activism and empowerment. Now we know, for instance, that uh, images have increased their importance in journalism field, in news reporting, particularly in conflict zone, in unstable countries. And we see a lot of images of uh, protests, demonstrations, fights, insurrections, and things like that. And these are very powerful images. I mean, they really send a message strong and they can lead to actions, lead to um, decision makers, but are also important uh, uh, stakeholders taking actions about situation costs and so on. Uh, so this is also, I think, a very positive impact of digitization. Mm -hmm. Okay. So these are things that have new impact and have changed along the way. But if we are looking at what has remained the same, what has not changed about visual cues and visuality, what do you think? Yes. Uh, well, I think that much of the practice of visual communication is not new in itself. I mean, because if you think about how uh, men have been starting communicating or passing lessons about their experiences from the uh, dawn of times when the men uh, were drawing in the, in the, in, in the caves, uh, those stories about their experiences, um, we have a lot to learn about visual communication. 
and social semiotics, uh, uh, to come back to more modern time, has contributed a lot to the development of these architectures of visual content. So telling us uh, uh, what are the main principles or fundamental aspects that we need to take in consideration when we create uh, visual content. And those principles are still valid, are still applicable in the digital content. Mm -hmm. Those have not changed it. Of course, right. uh, uh, how these are um, developed or how these are taking places uh, with technology have changed it, but the principle remain uh, the same. Mm -hmm. And I would also argue that the four objectives in the study of visual communication have been remained the same. So rhetorical, the semantic, the pragmatic, and the strategic uh, have remained the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> tell us briefly about your newly developed theoretical framework called the four realms of digital visual experience. And why is this important to corporate communication? Thank you. Um, I should actually note it down that this is something I create together with another researcher, mm. Grazie Mortarelli from IUL University in Milan. Mm. Uh, so we started thinking about this theoretical framework a few years ago. A response to a, a, a call we read um, in the European Communication Monitor, um, because many professionals, communication professionals, have um, noted down several times in this uh, in this survey that is uh, run annually that images have become very important in their daily activities and in their corporate communication activities, but they are struggling how to construct meaningful uh, stories, meaningful messages that impact, that stand out, that uh, um, create the right engagement with their uh, stakeholders. So we wanted to um, try to help them out from this applicable and that is usable in building uh, a strategy for developing effective uh, visual content. And the four years on digital visual experience, so which we uh, shortened to the four redive uh, framework, mm -hmm. essentially tries to offer that explanation uh, by um, trying to think about the, um, a couple of key elements. Mm -hmm. The first element that uh, we are uh, suggesting is that uh, if you want to increase engagement of your um, users so with the, your visual content, you need to think about uh, uh, in your planning what, what kind of operation you want to expect the, the your visual content. So that the theoretical framework uh, discuss it. The next one is the connection, uh, how much you want uh, uh, the person to feel connected with the image. Um, and then the finally is the what is the purpose you want to achieve with that particular visual content. Out of this comes out force macro, what we uh, propose for macro type of digital visual experiences. Uh, um, which uh, uh, are sort of uh, normative theoretical ideas. Of course, there are many more experiences possible in, uh, out there, but offer ideas of content. Uh, and up of this, we have even suggestions of uh, the particular image features that they can be used 
to um, create that kind of experience because uh, um, not all the kind of uh, not all the kind of uh, images features uh, that are available in the, in in, in these uh, um, visual semiotics uh, would uh, allow to convey the same kind of experiences. Like when I, what I mean with the image uh, features, I mean like you know choosing the colors, the angles, uh, the object, the perspective. Uh, and the positions itself and these kind of things matters for how we want to communicate uh, uh, the message. Mm -hmm. Okay. So would you say that there is a dark side or downside to how digitalization can be used by brands and organizations? Can it be misused? Yes, yes of course. So, so uh, we before talk briefly about this uh, deep fake video uh, thing that is obviously one of the uh, negative implications of ne negative use of visual content or manipulation of visual content uh, but another more common problem is the decontextualization of the images out of the context and use it for a different purpose can create misinformation disinformation now, the very basic example of Spoof is, uh, which uh, is essentially consumer reinterpretation of iconic brands in an uh, ironic manner, mm -hmm. can be also becoming uh, problematic for some companies. Uh, other negative side, obviously, we know during the world time, the propaganda machine can use visual for own purposes. Mm -hmm. Terrorist organization use visuals for own purposes for convincing that. And let's get even the more classical example of negative use. It's in advertising. Um, advertising has been accused for many years, of course, of creating uh, stereotypes of idealistic images of beauty, uh, which don't represent reality, which can be very problematic, uh, particularly among young people and their self-confidence. And the whole anti-body shaming uh, movement we experience now today is obviously also a reaction of these kind of uh, things. Uh, so these are examples of how visual content can be used uh, um, in a negative sense, in a dark side, I would say. I mean, as such, it's not negative or positive. It's a content to, uh, itself, but how you put it in what context, in what situations, and what you choose to put it in that mm. makes the, the difference. Got it. So <clears throat> tell us about the example of Heineken. Um, what lessons can we learn from this example? And I think with this example, you may want to talk about your four realms of digital visual experience. Yes. So um, we have um, used this example uh, when we are um, trying to illustrate applicability of our theoretical framework. I mean, of course, there are many companies and organizations that have uh, developed uh, digital visual experiences, uh, very engaging digital visual experiences. So this is one of the many. But Heineken, I think, has been very clever because has been using uh, multiple digital technologies to enhance uh, multiple points. Uh, uh, they are the fake holders. So if we take an example of um, of uh, uh, the the from the the mo model we presented uh, from the four redie framework, um, some of the social media posts they have uh, 
um, in their uh, Twitter accounts uh, would uh, actually be good illustration or representing what we call the entertainment experience because they increase uh, the absorption of the content. They increase uh, uh, a certain kind of... Um, um, how funny experience uh, in, 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 in engaging with the content. Uh, at the same time, Heineken has been also a virtual tour. Uh, and that is a very good example of what we call the more aesthetic experience with immersion participation uh, and uh, high uh, visual engagement with the, with the brewery because it's, it's a virtual um, experience. And they have done a number of other kind of interesting initiatives uh, from an educational point of view uh, through, for example, the Legendary 7 campaign on sustainability that is also a good example of uh, the, uh, the interactions and, uh, and the use of visual content uh, for engaging with the with the with different stakeholders between consumer customers and their own internal employees mm -hmm. i have a follow-up question to that Piara, and that is uh, we you started off initially talking about communicating products objects visually and heineken is a good example of that they have a visually appealing product um mm -hmm. or they make it visually appealing what about other types of organizations or industries that don't have that and should take advantage of visual communication? It would be harder, I guess, for some types of hmm. organizations to do that if they don't have a product. Or a positive or emotion that results from the images. Yes. It depends what you're trying to communicate with a visual, because, of course, it, it, some of the visual, if we talk about static images, maybe um, can be also a representations of a work situation, a positive work environment. You're not maybe producing a product, but a service behind the scenes of what you're doing for um, uh, for working on the service you're offering to your consumer customers. Or if you are in the in uh, working for an NGO, so what kind of uh, uh, activities you are doing, uh, even representation of meetings, of situation of encountering a charity or something. So I, I think there is a very much high uh, spectrum of um, possibility. They don't have to be always uh, object or artifact represented in these, but. Uh, um, today we have a, a lot of opportunity to create also virtual with your via virtual reality experiences and even in the basic uh, static images representation of the pictures of how people work uh, of values of um, event or situation are good in communicating so i would say uh, it's not only for um companies who produce uh, uh, goods and uh, and products what about crisis communication what role do visuals play in in crisis when people might not have the chance to process as many things if they are panicking or or situation is is dangerous can you explain a bit about that it's a it yeah it's it's central um i think uh, visual as both uh, positive and negative uh, uh, impact in crisis uh, it is an amplifier in, in all sense. Mm -hmm. So it can amplify negative negative emotions, 
uh, it can create even crisis because sometimes some of the reputational crises are generated out from some visual content, maybe a video spread mm. that does uh, alienate someone. Um, and in situation of response, it's really the most direct thing because people are processed rationally, especially if they are directly affected by the crisis, uh, by the situation are rationally difficult to process the messages, instructing messages. So there is a lot of research actually on the that includes visual elements in health, particularly health and risk communication, that leverage exactly the power of images to uh, convince, persuade people in, in taking preventive behaviors or responding to the crisis in a particular way. Mm-hmm. Um Fast food companies uh, tend to attract this problem of employees taking videos of them doing something bad with the fast food products, and then it spreads. That's a form of visual communication <laughs> from an internal stakeholder. Uh, you're not looking into that side of visual communication, I guess, in your research. And no, but it's interesting because uh, I think what we need also to study, obviously, is not only best practices, mm. but also the negative uses of visual communication mm. and obviously uh, how uh, stakeholders are using also visual communication to boycott, to protest, to raise things. Mm. It's a very interesting area of research. Uh, I think this is an example, obviously, of... Um, uh, or what I said before, the positive impact of digitalization has allowed people to use other means to express their feelings. So these employees, rather than complain verbally, they send out videos Mm. now. Because they know it's powerful. Visual is powerful. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's powerful and it's a different way. Mm. And once established, it's really difficult to get rid of it. It's hard to get it rid of in your mind as well, the visual side of things. It is, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, so do you think there will be... um, future avatars of companies that you know make this kind of a visual customer server or or some kind of um, visualization of the metaverse when when we're looking at the future companies or where do you see visual communication going in the future definitely this is an area that is uh, already under development uh, um so because uh, there is a lot of uh, opportunity to um, develop parallel realities all based on the visual content of course uh, in 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 the metaverse is not only the visual there we have all the infrastructure the the sounds also let's not forget that a lot of uh, sounds and uh, audio component is important uh, um for the experiences themselves uh, but definitely this is an area which I, I i see there is potential but of course there is also uh, a downside we need to be also remembering that uh, uh, the more we move in that direction the more we might even create uh, uh, isolations or like uh, bubbles mm-hmm. of different kinds that we need to be aware of um, how to exit and 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 and, uh, and um, understanding the implications, so not to live in the bubble all the time. Uh, so, so that's definitely uh, an area which uh, I think many organizations can take advantage and and, and find a way for 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 engaging uh, their different stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just conscious of their limited time now, Chiara. So let me just. Um, ask this question 
to try to wrap up. What what advice do you have for corporate communication practitioners who are trying to make sense of visual communication and trying to use it? Yes, so I think I'll stick to two core advices. Uh, one obviously is related with uh, uh, something that probably they know, but many times they seem to forget. Mm that uh, visual uh, content images circulate a lot mm. and globally. So to be very sensitive to cultural, gender, religious, and many other aspects, because unless their scope is to raise attention in one of these issues, they can easily enter in some kind of a shitstorm or crisis mm. if their visual uh, content, for instance, uh, violate some underst cultural understanding mm -hmm. or other kind of social norms. So that is core and the second one of course uh, if i want to advise them in the architecture in building this visual content the second advice would be yeah to think about uh what kind of participation they will expect uh from their um users of these images uh, what kind of connection and then look back to their business purposes what do they want to achieve with their communication and later on think about you know okay what kind of image features should i put there to leverage these purposes so this will be my two key advices think about the wide global reach and the impact to be sensitive to these differences and then when you plan considering also how you want to engage your uh, audience and what kind of connection you want to make with that. That's super helpful. Thank you very much. Chiara, we can't thank you enough for talking to us about this mm. visual communication. We are sure that this will become a even more urgent topic for mm. brands and organizations in the future. Yeah, because of especially yeah, because of digital media. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me today with you. You were listening to the Digital Corporate Communication DCC podcast.